Hello and welcome to the Hennessy Podcast. My name is Alex, of course your self-proclaimed host, who's actually not self-proclaimed anymore as of last week's episode. And with me, co-host Nathan Malinick, Director Howdy. of Design. How's it going? Howdy. Yeah, excited for and, this one. Yeah, me too. And uh, for our special guest. Special guest. Special guest, Cole Hennessy with gorgeous locks of love over oh, there. Thanks, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. got that. a fresh cut, had really long hair for a long time, and now it's kind of long. Yeah, it looks great, man. It's still pretty long. Thanks. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Your hair mm-hmm. looks pretty good, too. Thanks, dude. You're so welcome. Cole Hennessy is here this summer, and he's doing a 10-week internship. 11-week, but 11 that's okay. 11-week. 11 week. I created the program, so. Yeah, that's true. 11-week internship. I should know that. And you're learning all sorts of things about the Hennessy business. Yep, correct. Which is your last name. Correct, yes. That is so, all true. So lots of cool stuff going on. What have you learned so far? I've learned that Jahal is hilarious. That's for sure. Jahal's our customer service and warranty representative. So who he's I'm with a beast. this week, and have learned quite a lot. Yeah, staying organized and nice getting stuff done. Today was a great day, real productive day. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Well, great. You're going to learn tons the rest of the summer, and welcome to the Hennessy Podcast. Yeah, which again is your Glad last to be name, here, gentlemen. Yeah. So today, as usual, we have an action-packed episode full of very amazing topics. But first, a little bit of Hennessy news. By the time this is released, there will be a 1000 Mammoth TRX video where John Hennessy drives this truck and gives his thoughts and reviews. So definitely head to our YouTube right now or right after you listen to this podcast and check that video out. And also, Donut Media has crowned the Hennessy Mammoth TRX 1000 as the absolute king of trucks. Boom. Boom. We'll take it. And also, yeah. we had many trucks on that list. So, yeah. kind of a cool and video. And have to agree. Yeah, I, I definitely mean, have to agree. It was, I don't, we didn't pay them. We didn't advertise. No. Uh, we actually have yet to meet them. And we're, we're looking forward to meeting them, especially mm-hmm. after that cool video. So, without further ado, drum roll, please. We have, <laughs> if you watch The Office, <laughs> as I've said before, we're going to always quote The Office in this I podcast. I under pressure. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so today, oh, actually, yeah, I'm up. You're because, up, baby. Yeah, I'm up. Okay. So today, this is this is uh, this is going to be a good one. So I was searching the interwebs as I normally do for car news and just sure. daily updates. Was reminded of a concept way back in the year of 2006. Great year. Uh, it year. was a really good year. Yeah. Good for you for cars. Yeah. 100%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, Ford GT. Yeah. Wow. FJ100 Land Cruiser. I mean, what a gem. I mean, my definitely my knowledge list ends right there. But yeah. Great yeah. <laughs> okay. Who remembers the car company called Spiker? Definitely. Right. How could we not? Yeah. How could you not? If you're into cars, you're gonna know about Spiker. If you're not and you don't know about Spiker, it's a. Uh, a very old, old company actually goes back to the around a, the turn of the century, but they were uh, rebirth, given new life um, recently. I don't. They may still be around. I don't know, but they're on hard times and very based off of an aeroplane. Yeah, theme. very aerospace uh, aeroplane based car, uh, Dutch company. I I just think they were they were just. I I really enjoyed their cars. I know they're not for everyone, but. I really liked them. And I was reminded of this concept back in 2006 called the Spiker Pecking to Paris. And I'm sorry if I pres- mispronounced that name, but basically it's named after a race. So like the Ferrari TDF is the Tour de France. Um, the Pecking to Paris was a race. 
And basically, this was a concept that was ahead of its time. And it was a super SUV with a W12 engine that I th- they were intending to borrow from uh, VW. It was kind of like their answer to the Porsche Cayenne at the time. Yeah. And it was, I just, I remember this concept. It was so, I encourage everyone to go look it up because. Definitely look it up. It's, it's a sight to see. It's a sight to see, but in love it or hate it, there's no mistaking that this is a spiker and it would have been really unique to see. But the, the point of this is that it was ahead of its time because we have a list that we're going to talk about and then we're going to pick out of this list our favorites. But super SUVs are, are like, it, there's a craze right now. Absolutely. And, and we everyone's, were, we were yeah. surprised. Everyone's jumping on board. We were surprised by just how many there are. Yeah. And we might even be missing some. We probably, yeah, we are. probably are. Would yeah. you, Nathan, would you argue that the pecking to Paris spiker created the category? Well, like what I, other? It's, it's hard to say because the Cayenne was in 2002, right? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and that was arguably for Porsche, uh, a company saving move. Yeah. Um, love yeah. or hate the fact that they did that. Right. Um, and I, you had the Lamborghini LM002 or whatever, right? That's, Is that... you, you did, but, but at, during those, t- those, that car was, you know, originally a military car. Just right. like the H1 was a military car, but that kicked off this whole cool SUV thing. I think we missed one. Now that I just think about it. Yeah. AMG G-Wagon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, that's yeah, fair. We, but again, but that. again, I'm glad you brought that up because back in the day, back in the day, that was a military vehicle. Yeah. The Gewundelwagen. Uh, same with the the Defender. The Gavonda wagon. The Gavonda wagon. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. The wagon. Oh, really? That's where, That's where the G comes, comes from? from? Yeah. Wow, a little history lesson yeah, here. Yeah, there's that. a little German... Uh, nice. Yeah. Okay, you're welcome for that one. <laughs> but same with the Defender. You know, that was yeah. a... Mil- yeah, um, so, so, yeah, super SUVs didn't really... I mean, you know, well, we talked about this the other day. There was a legendary BMW concept, uh, BMW X5, that had oh, the McLaren yes. F1 this engine. This is so in it. cool. Yeah. If you <laughs> guys cool haven't looked this been? up, just look up BMW X5 F1 engine. Yeah, man, so cool. Yeah, but that was not a production car. So we're, yeah. what we're going to talk about today are production super SUVs in this incredible category. Um, but I just wanted I wanted to bring up the Spiker uh, car because it kind of kicked off this whole conversation yeah. and, and it set the dive. tone for what the super SUVs would come to be. I think. I think so too, and I, I genuinely think if it came out today, it would it would be a contender. I mean, it's everything that that these really design wise. Are you into it? Like, it's definitely a spiker. I agree with you there. It's not mistaken for anything else. But do I like it or or am I? Because that's a weird. That's would, a, if it came out today, is it really contender? Um, objectively, yes. Really, objectively, yeah, because you have a supercar company coming out with a with a super SUV with an exotic engine. An incredible interior design, a very distinct exterior design. I'm just describing objectives, truths about yeah. the car. I'm not yeah. saying I like it or dislike it, um, but objectively, that's that's what a lot of these cars that we're going to talk about are. It is interesting to look at the interior if you haven't done so already. Definitely Google it. Pecking to Paris Spiker D12, and to see that the rear seats were performance like racing bucket seats. Yeah. I mean, you know, instead of the traditional bench seat or something. And the interior is pretty swank. It's got diamond The interior is the best everywhere. part of the car. Yeah. At the time, how much was it? Uh, I don't know what it was projecting. Let me see if I can find it. 
well, of course, it was just a concept, but I don't know what um, what they were planning to sell it for. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, guys, and say that I like it. It was two two thirty five euros. Hey, I think that's fair. I think it's pretty I like cool. It. I think it's cool. I think it's quirky. Yeah, but I've I always I also like spikers. So yeah, I know they're Bias. not for everyone. I think they're very yeah. unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're unusual, about it. and it so. was all wheel drive, so that's kind of interesting. Right. So, bouncing off that, yeah. you know, they debatably created debatably uh, created the category of super SUVs, and now, 10, 13, 14 years later, there's tons of them, and a lot of companies have turned their super performance SUV into their best selling model. One yeah. one that I think is the hottest right now would be the Urus. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The stats I read of of 2019 was that Lamborghini sold, what was it, like 8,000 cars, and the Urus was like 5,000 of those 8,000. Right, right. That is unbelievable. But you know what? You know what the crazy thing is, guys? That's typical of every company that goes down this road, and we'll look at like the DBX, is killing it right now for Aston, which is great for them. But what do you guys think about the Urus? Urus is typical Lamborghini. A lot of drama. Very aggressive design. Uh, I think it is cool. I think for the money, it's a lot. And I would definitely pick other things. But what I will say about the Urus or Urus is that it drives like a sports car. There's other super SUVs that like a Trackhawk is really fast in a straight line. But if you go into a corner or break you're reminded very quickly that body roll and lack of braking, yeah. it's an SUV. The Urus goes around corners mm-hmm. like a, like a sports sedan. Yeah. I've been straight in, up. In it's there crazy. With you. It yeah, blew my mind yeah. when I drove it. Yeah. Same. I just, I'm just not big into the styling of it, nor the, the dramatic interior. It's a little too much for me. And it has some plastic aspects that I don't really like. Mm. I would actually take its sister slash cousin, the RSQ eight and do a little modifications. If it was just between those two, I'd take the Audi. Okay. I think oh. the Urus is really cool, personally, honestly. There's one design feature that I watched a video of Doug Demaro or Demuro, mm-hmm. and I can't get it out of my head. But on the on the grill, like you know, like a March Madness bracket. Uh huh. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. Every time <laughs> yeah. I see the front of that car, that's all I can see is yeah. that, and it kind of drives me crazy. But uh-huh. besides that, I think the car is oh, really cool. You cannot unsee that. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're. I it's a lot seen, smaller yeah. on the inside than I than I anticipated it being but i think it's really cool honestly yeah i would that's higher on my list than i think it is on y'all's personally. Okay. cole's talking about the front grill on each side you can you can see like the little y's and it looks like a march madness bracket yeah 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 okay well the urus and and it's it's doing really well for lamborghini it's a, a total baller well, Nate, yeah. where Mobile. where are you at on it um, I completely agree with Alex in terms of if, if you just kind of blindfolded me and went out on track as we've done in that car, I don't know that I could tell you that I was in an SUV. It's, it's that good, um, performance wise, which is amazing. Um, it's a disappointing car for me. It's, it's so hard to answer that question because from a business standpoint, I'm like, Brilliant. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, Don't yeah. change the thing. Yeah. You know, great job. But w- with the fact that they had the LM002, that was their first SUV, and then they, they kind of... Which that truck is freaking awesome. I know. Personally, that's like so But cool. see, now here's... Int- you said truck. 
Which I think it would, I think it's classified as truck. I agree, but yeah. how cool would it have been if they did a modern version of that, kind of like the G wagon, uh-huh. yeah. and it had More the military. Aventador. It had the Aventador V12, oh, just like that. Wow. Had He's the so Countach V12. Yeah. Wow. Um, I just think it was a missed opportunity. Which, and then design wise, I get it, but it, it, I, I think you know personally, I look forward to seeing Lamborghini's evolution of their design DNA, yeah. which is yeah. which is coming, and um, I'm really looking forward to that. So I I was just looking the Urus up and I didn't realize, but the Urus was a concept in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took, and and it wow. took some time. And the concept is it's close enough. Like they yeah. didn't deviate too far, but uh-huh. I didn't realize that there was a 2012 to 2017 gap mm-hmm. of when they actually released it. Yeah, so they worked on it for a long time. Well, so it was between that or if you remember the uh, Astoke, Astoke, or I don't, I don't know, it was a sedan. That a concept sedan that they had. So they were trying to decide which one do we do? Because, you know, at the time, Aston Martin had the repeat. And so there was this debate like, oh, do we yeah, do a do four-door sedan or do we go SUV route? Yeah. They obviously made the right choice. Yeah. Um, but they took their time, which was smart. I felt like they should have done both. I mean, maybe well, they didn't have the resources. Yeah, but the, yeah you got to, yeah, maybe now they could open up, you know, a fourth yeah. product line. But but why did the repeat fail? Uh, sedans in general are, um, yeah, I guess you can get the same performance out of a little mini SUV. Well, and here's the other thing. Have you ever been in a repeat? No, 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 no. I haven't. Uh Okay. You probably, I don't know the exact dimensions, but you might get a few more inches of leg room, um, in the, that's that, those back seats than you would in a DB nine. Oh, really? So it's not, it's nothing. It's not, it's not even worth it. It, No, not really. I think it's very cool. Yeah. Especially now that they're 30 grand, (laughs) (laughs) but but like, yeah, it's a tough proposition. Now, um, Lamborghini is about to have an Italian competitor in Ferrari, which, which we talked about at lunch. Who thought that Ferrari would have, so it's been rumored for a long time, rumored for a long time. Well, I think they see the success of the Urus and they're like, how do we not? Even though they are the yeah. brand that they are, they're like, yeah, uh, they have know. shareholders and they got to deliver sales. Exactly. And for the longest time, I had the sinking feeling in, in my gut that said there it's going to be some V6 mm-hmm. turbo or it's going to have the Portofino engine or something like this. But I think we have some hope that it could actually be the v12 the legendary from the 812 super fast how that would insane. be crazy that's nine thousand rpm yeah i I'm mean is that automatically the king like the best suv yeah i think so it will be for sure i think i mean easy yeah. easy easy for sure and they've probably right, been wor- i mean how long have they been you think been working on this years yeah i mean it's gonna it's gonna be top so of class. i have i have a a weird thing what if it was a v12 hybrid and it was like 900 horsepower uh, oh, great. Yeah. Instant, don't care. Yeah. Instant yeah. take my money. That would be so cool. Hybrid, don't care. Just as long as it's got that V12 yeah. heart. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, That'd I cannot be, that wait would take for that. The, that would take the cake for sure. Yeah. But there is another V12 SUV on this list that is kind of like the opposite in a way, but kind of not because it's in that, it's in that uh, atmosphere and that is the Rolls-Royce Cullinan. Cullinan to me is the most baller on yeah. this list. Like if you if you are a baller That's and you baller, need a yeah. baller daily, it's a Cullinan. I mean, it's any rolls, but like if you want the SUV, it's a Cullinan. Yeah, that and, and why sweet. wouldn't you get the SUV? And they're cheap. They're exactly they're they're less money than most of their other vehicles. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's bang for the buck. I yeah. think so for sure. 
Totally and it's great. So pimp. It's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. I remember when we saw it at the twenty seventeen or eighteen concept lawn. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. It's so baller. It was yeah. at Geneva too, right? When we were in Geneva? Yeah, probably. I remember, yeah, I, I, remember. I think I remember sitting in that for the first time in Geneva and being like, Wow, mm-hmm. this car is dope. Yeah. And that that kind of brings me to to a point that I want to bring up because there's a lot of people that there's a lot of consternation over this segment of SUVs of companies like this doing SUVs. Um, I just want to remind people like next time you're around a car event that has really old cars, really nice old cars, like, um, whether it's Pebble beach or wherever, wherever it is, take a look at the size of, you know, a 1920 something or 1930 something Rolls Royce enormous and then park it next to a Cullinan and it's bigger than the Cullinan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, Actually, I'd say that Rolls-Royce, the Cullinan, is the most true to their heritage, where you're stepping up mm-hmm. into that carriage. Yeah, that makes know? sense. So I, I love it. I think it's it's right on. Design is another thing, but... It's you don't def- like the design? It's okay. It's bo- it's boxy, but to me, like the baller factor, I kind of get over it. Because it's, totally. it's a Rolls-Royce. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it looks like... I mean, it has to look like a Rolls-Royce, obviously. And I think mm-hmm. it, it does for the modern ones, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it had a different brand, uh, weirdly enough, I might be less attracted to it. Mm-hmm. It, it. I don't think it's the most beautiful or the sexiest one on the list. Yeah. But it's just like the most baller, you know? And and there's no one doubt. there's there's one on the list that I think is definitely in the baller category that I think is more beautiful, and that's the Bentayga. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because... It that too comes with a twelve cylinder option. It's not V twelve, um, which is totally yeah, fine. W twelve. Um yeah, so Bentega, what do we think? I mean it's essentially is it just like is it a super luxury Q seven? Yeah. Which I'm okay with. I don't mind that. Um I think it is pretty baller and you can get a W twelve. I l lo- I think the design is much more smooth, round, elegant, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm I guess I'm not a huge Bentley guy just in general. Yeah, mm. I'm kind of. But the Bentayga might be my favorite Bentley, which is weird. Well, you and everyone else, because that's their bestseller by a long yeah. shot. So <laughs> you know, it's so weird they, they that, can't make as enough of those. That is so weird that you have mm-hmm. these brands that have never made SUVs and thrived off of their cool luxury or yeah. sporty cars, mm-hmm. and then they make an SUV and it's their bestseller ever. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, okay, that's look, crazy. What's arguably it's what they should be doing. You're a luxury brand, right? Like we just talked about cars. There was an evolution where we had, you you were in carriages, Mm -hmm. you know, and you stepped up into that Mm -hmm. carriage and then you had all the room and all the comfort. Exactly. And then that translated right down into the, like I said, the twenties and thirties. Um, so there's a certain level of luxury and opulence that comes with an SUV. And we know that SUVs are super heavy, which is no problem because that makes for a better ride. You have a ton of, of cargo room, which is great. Um, so, and just more room in general. So I think for those companies, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. From a luxury standpoint, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting for me, Ferrari, just being the, you know, the top dog that it is as far as performance I'm just I'm I'm really excited to see that car honestly. I I'm curious their take as far as luxury more than I mean I'm sure it'll be fast and have a lot of performance to it but I think it'll be interesting seeing that car. Yep, me too. Definitely. Um should we Oh, well the newest one, do we talk about the DBX at all? Yeah. 
I think the DBX kind of falls right in line with Bentega and Cullinan mm-hmm. as one of those top level luxury brands with really great luxury history. Uh, and it's also their first SUV. I particularly really like the DBX. Same. I actually think it's the coolest looking. So I probably don't use all the best adjectives, but, uh, you know, if the Bentega is the most elegant and the Cullinan is the most baller, I think the DBX is the most sporty out of the luxury category, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You think sense. over the Urus? More well, than I don't think the the Urus is the luxury category. I think the Urus is like the super sport category in this, quote, okay. super SUV lineup. So Yeah, I'd agree with that. The okay. DBX is like the sportiest of the luxury. If anyone's following, you know. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That, we'll that's post how, the list in the description. It's kind of how you describe their road cars, too. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're the, just GT the, cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, comfortable, sporty, luxurious. They're not the fastest. They're not the most expensive, but they're nice and cool. Mm-hmm. So if if you're McLaren and you see all the success from SUVs, are you? I mean, they've are you been dead it? set on not doing yeah, it. Yeah, they they've said they they keep saying it will never. They're not going to do it. But then again, with That's their shocking. with their struggles, yeah, I, I was going to say they need. That's sh- I mean, it probably sell. I mean. It'd probably uh, sell. It would sell is like the, crazy. The Arturo is yeah. not gonna. The Arturo is not gonna save them. Well, it might. I mean, they hope. We hope. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I hope so, but maybe, maybe they do an SUV. Maybe they do. Never say never. I, the DBX to me, um, again, when you first hear like Aston Martin SUV, it, it, it doesn't sound right. Um, but I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I'll never forget, I saw this car in its uh, pre-production form um, at the last Pebble Beach. When was that? 2019. Mm, 19, yeah. Yeah, 19. Um, and this is another one that you have to see in person. And we'll, we'll get on to this later when we talk about what our favorite is off this list, which one we'd have. But this is one of the rare cars on our list that has its own bespoke chassis and platform developed just for this car and when you look at the car and study it it really becomes apparent and and what i mean by that is they can package things in ways that other companies can't Uh so if you look at the position of the headlights of the cowl of the b pillars of the interior packaging space out of these it's got um minus the the colon but i think it's got the most interior packaging space it's really not that much bigger so they've really been clever with it so I, I I really like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I watched yeah, a, I watched a video on on that car as well, and I was really impressed just because it's its own platform. Like mm-hmm. you said, there's like the way that you can package in the back is like crazy. Yeah, it's so big, and I mean, I I was really blown away with that with that truck too. Yeah, cool. So okay, like like we've kind of been talking about, you have the the luxury category that has kind of their own nuances. Mm-hmm. And then you have, in my opinion, the super sport category where I believe as of right now, the Urus is the king, but there's definitely some pretty cool competitors in yeah. that list. And I think the super sport category, they're definitely a little bit smaller in form factor um, and have you know less room and everything. The back seats really aren't that big. Um, but I mean, you have a Jeep Trackhawk right, right on yeah. that list. And yeah. there's the American contender. Yep, and it is cool to talk about a Trackhawk because it's a hundred grand versus a two hundred fifty k Urus. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not nearly as nice, and that's okay. It's not trying to be. Yeah, yeah, but it's 
it's as fast or faster stock, and with a little bit of modification, it, it destroys a Urus in a straight line. Uh-huh. It'll never beat it around a corner or in braking performance, but that's okay. Don't care. Yeah. If I'm in my 100K Trackhawk and I smoke a Urus off the line to 130, uh-huh. I'm really happy. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. So Dodge also has another player on that, the Durango Hellcat, same mm-hmm. engine platform. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, in some of our testing, the Durango Hellcat is just as fast as the Trackhawk with the third row. I don't understand how. Maybe more weight over the uh, rear axle? or They're both all-wheel drive, so oh. I, I just don't understand. But whatever, I'm not complaining. Yeah, we'll take it. Same idea there. If I'm in my third row Durango Hellcat and I smoke a Urus, oh my gosh, I'm laughing my face <laughs> off because <laughs> yeah. I just beat some guy in his 250K yeah. SUV. So that's hilarious. <laughs> Range Rover SVR, I think... I think is really cool. Range Rovers, to me, are definitely in that super baller category. Yeah. But the SVR, it, it's a li- it's a little bit different category, I guess, because calling in your like calling in Bentayga DBX, you're definitely over 200k. Yeah, yeah we're we're in a different we've we've crossed yeah. a line now. Yeah. yeah. But we're talking about cars that that just by the numbers, maybe it's just one metric, like we said, yeah. zero to sixty or whatever. Yeah. But they're they're up there in that performance range. The SVR. I mean, you can get that car. I, I saw one at the the dealership um, the other day, and it, it had like a full, fully exposed carbon fiber hood. I mean, the brake yeah. caliper it was huge. Yeah. I mean, that's a serious performance car, performance SUV, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I, I think that and the RSQ8 and the – where is it on this list? Uh, what are you thinking of, the Alpha or the No, I was just thinking the of Porsche? it. The RSQ8. Yeah, I guess the Cayenne. What was it? The so Maserati, was, maybe? No. What was it? Anyways. The, oh, BMW. That's what oh, it the was. X5 oh, the X5 yeah. yeah. So those, I think those. that's its own, you know, you haven't crossed the line category. Yeah. Of, like yeah. the, the sub 200K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we could just say it, it, they're, they're premium super SUVs. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. it's not you know, it hasn't hit that luxury um, kind yeah. of level. Yeah. I, st- I think of those three, I would still... I would I would probably take the RSQ8 honestly. I think the RSQ8 is so baller. Yeah, I really think it's good super nice. Too. And for yeah. the money for like yeah. 120 grand or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super nice. Well, super and this smooth. is the this is the elephant in the room is that let's see. Uh 1 2 3 4 four or five of those cars are really the same. All the same. They're all same the platform. same. Urus, yeah. Q8, Cayenne, Atlas. VW. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Sorry. But, but they're so smart. VW just, just, oh man, they, they kill it. Yeah. They must save so much money by doing that. Yeah. And yeah. make so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yep. If we're talking about the sub 200K range plus a hun- over 100K sub 200, mm-hmm. I honestly think I take the Cayenne Turbo. Well, why don't we go and just put Trackhawk and Durango in this group too? Yeah, no, I yeah, am for sure. I am. Okay, great. they're they're both over a hundred. Let's just say pretty much. Okay, great. Let's let's throw in here though. We've we've forgotten a couple Italians, so we've got the Maserati Levante, and right. let's just skip Whoa. all the base stuff and go to, for the Trofeo. Yeah. So that's got the Ferrari. Well, yeah, it's got some twin turbo V eight from yeah. somewhere, <laughs> um, and then and then the Alfa Romeo. Uh, Stelvio Quadrifoglio, which has another twin turbo V8 out I, of something. And AMG G63. Okay. Yeah. yeah. G-Wagon. Okay. So weirdly enough, I actually really like the look of the, the Alpha. I do too. I think it I looks too. cool. Yeah. 
Would I ever pick it? No. No. No, I wouldn't. Not. But I, I, I like the way it looks. I why like would? Why wouldn't? Well, let's talk about that. Why wouldn't we? There. You know what? I think it comes down to brand for me, and uh-huh. I think that there's too many other good brands that have too many more good qualities mm. than Alfa Romeo. Mm. I mean, Alfa Romeo hasn't really done much, especially in the United States before the the Julia and the and the Stelvio. Yeah. yeah. So I would. Recently. Weirdly, yeah, in recent history, I would kind of just stay away from them, and I and I don't even know that much about them. So yeah, I'm well, sorry if you're let listening. Me, let me rephrase it and say that if I were if I could get a really good deal on one, I'd take it. Yeah, um, I could listen to that. I would uh, have to get some facts about and a how is the reli- re- reliability, <laughs> a good warranty, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. all I know is that uh, the JD Power um, reliability statistics for 2020 or 2021, I forget was uh, Toyota number one, Porsche number two, Lexus number three. So Toyota basically has one and three, but Porsche is number two. So that makes me want to be a Porsche guy because I'm like, I want to drive it, I want to beat it up, and I want to not worry about it. Mm -hmm. Which that defines Porsche. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, really cool. So Cayenne Turbo. Yeah, Cayenne Turbo. We we didn't even talk about the Levante um, Trofeo. I think that's a big swing and a miss. Definitely. I'll be honest yeah. for them. I think um, it's the worst one on the list. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Straight for the neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, I don't know if I could disagree with you. Yeah. yeah I'm well, wait, I'm wait, wait, that. wait. Okay. I mean, let the, sales, let the sales numbers decide, but. Well, that's the, that's true. But, okay, so you take a Trackhawk and a Durango. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah, for All sure. Right. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, I mean, to, to uh, Maserati's uh, credit, they've they've taken a different route with how they've wanted to go about growing their business. So they've kind of, they've accepted that they're going to uh, take a certain route in terms of quality and types of materials and, and um, stuff like that in order to up up the num- production numbers that they're, you know, pumping out. And you, in, just so I'm understanding correctly, you're saying that's that stuff's going down. That quality, correct? You know, they're it, sacrificing on that. Yeah, yeah. it kind of almost makes you want to put them in the same category as like Lotus. Now, you know what I'm saying? Is that like a weird comparison? It's just I kind of feel like Maserati is just like I don't mm. know. I see one on the road and I'm like, ugh. Hmm. Well, I I personally have a soft spot for Maserati just because of their racing heritage, the MC12. I really like the Gran Turismo, which you can still buy new, funny enough. Um, <laughs> or you could buy used for like $35,000 on a high five. That's true, but what a great sounding car. Definitely. That is. Amazing sounding car. Um, so they've got so much potential. Um, great history. Yeah, great history. I, I actually really like the Quattroporte. Just like the Ghibli, I think, was a swing and a miss. And the Levante oh. was a swing and a miss. Yeah. And, and The, the it, Ghibli it, took the one cool thing that they had and they got rid of it. Which was the V eight engine sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh man. Yeah. And well, and if you know, unfortunately, if you get in that car and you get into a five series or an E class, it's not even in the same world. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah. Um I, I mean I did pull up a picture of the Levante Trofeo. It does look cool. And I've it seen is- it before, but I wanted to get a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. It looks cool. I I think it looks better than a Urus. I'll say it. Uh huh. Whoa. But, but just I just I wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't I, be no, for me. I, I have to say though, I would get that over a Trackhawk or the Durango Hellcat because you're talking about the same engine in a uh, a Portofino. So that's no joke. 
It's a, it's a really really quick car. Yeah, six hundred fifteen horsepower. Yeah, I I, I think <sighs> I would. That's not last on my list. Maintenance scares me, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely get rid of it before the <laughs> warranty goes out. Yeah. But. <laughs> so we've we've nearly covered every car on this list. Are we ranking these? What's the plan here? I I would just want to let's just pick our favorites. Yeah. As a, as a group or individually? No, individually. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So so pick one that's over two hundred k and pick one that's under two hundred k. All right, I can do that. Who's ready to go? Go, Cole. Over two hundred k. I mean. We don't know what the Ferrari one looks like. Yeah, that's kind of out right now because it's yeah. not. It's got to be on sale right now. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like all of us would <laughs> we'd take. I mean, that the one. DBX is really impressive. Uh huh. It really is, but I think, I think it's probably going to be the Cullinan. Yeah. Okay. Just because it's it's super baller, and I think my under two hundred K. Dude, call me crazy. But I really like the RSQ8. That's crazy. You're crazy. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty <laughs> crazy. <laughs> no, that's that's two really good choices. Something about the RSQ8 just it does it. It does it for me. I think. Yeah. I mean, the RS6 is dope, and I think it's it's nearly the same car. Yeah. So I'm like, you know. Good call. Yeah. All right, Nathan. Really good call. Hmm. I want to throw a wrench into this. Oh God. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to whoever owns the Peking to Paris concept car and buying that one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boom. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's my over 200. It looks like an Amphi car. <laughs> <laughs> Look that up if you don't know what it is. Yeah, but uh, someone come to Cars and Coffee with a same car. Not going to happen. Not, ha- not yeah, going to no happen. Way. So, okay, really, uh, my gut for that is DBX. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, you said the Colonin? Yep. Yeah. It's hard to not choose that one. So hard. Yeah. But I just feel like I DBX could. DBX was my second. Yeah. I could drive the DBX and, and like really enjoy it and then also practically use it as well. Yeah. Um, Cause the, the colon and is, and it's okay that it does. I don't want them to it's do this. Land yeah. yeah. But, but I like that. Yeah. It, that's, don't that's try to make that racy. Yes. Yeah. 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 So DBX for me. Um, and then. Yeah, the DBX would would be fun to drive. I would I would like to drive one. Yeah. I think that'd be a fun car to drive. So this is sub two hundred. Um, it's hard not to go with the Cayenne Turbo S. Yeah, yeah. Or yep, G. Yep, you yep. Know, I'll say I'll say this: the Cayenne. Well, no, I was going to say GTS, but I, I want as much performance as possible. I would go yeah. Cayenne Turbo S. Yeah, and just be done with it. All right. Well, I feel like <sighs> join me. I know you're. I know you're now, headed there. Levante Trofeo. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, two Nathan, Durangos. Nathan, I'm right there with you. Okay. I have to pick the DBX for my 200k plus selection because, as much as I love the Cullinan, and if I was a mega baller, I I would pick the Cullinan, but there are definitely going to be times that I'm driving it where I'm going to be like, whoa, this is like very wishy-washy and luxurious, but I kind of want to take this corner fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the DBX can do that. And I, I really like the design of the DBX. I think the rear is very attractive and looks, it, it keeps their, you know, their, uh, their rear little duck lip, ducktail styling is cool. Um, That's the one part of the car that, 
You I, don't like? I it? don't really like. Oh. No. I don't know why. I just really like that part. Okay. I mean, that's that's cool. That's yeah. great. Um, Not for me. And my sub 200K, I, I'm right there with you, man. Cayenne Turbo. It's so hard not to pick that. Porsche makes really nice, amazing cars. Yeah, they're just solid like, yeah. all if, the way around. If I had to differentiate from you and I couldn't pick the same ones, then I would go Bentega. And Is that I, sub And I would two? go SVR Range Rover. Bentayga is more than two. Yeah, Bentayga is more than. No, no. I'm saying if I had to, if I had to, oh, oh, if I had to pick two different ones that you did not pick, I would pick Bentayga and Range Rover SVR. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Both, both British. Yeah. The Bentayga. Yeah. Well, what about a V8 Bentayga? Is that sub 200? Not Mm, sure. I'm not sure about that. But that's still a cool car. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely cool. uh, Yeah. But I'm not gonna get the one. It yeah. doesn't have the uh, W12. Yeah, 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 yeah. Top dog or nothing. Yeah. I'm not buying the 328 no, BMW. Yeah, money's no object here. <laughs> yeah, it's never an object, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we're going to put this list in the description uh, of your podcast app. So definitely check that out. Look up some of these cars if you don't know what they are or don't know what they look like. If you liked our opinions or if you completely disagreed, shoot us an email at podcast at hennesseyperformance.com we'd love to answer your questions or listen to your complaints anything that you've got for us we're here for you uh that just about wraps up this episode but one last reminder today is saturday if you're listening to this on release day and we are going to be in amelia island tomorrow with the venom f5 for its worldwide debut so come check us out if you're in the area come see the venom f5 for the first time in person and be amazed and that's it for today. Thanks, guys. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Yeah. And we will see everybody. Just kidding. We don't see you because it's a podcast, but we'll catch you we'll next time. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. <laughs>